get the fuck off our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this? He's lingering. <laughs> And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Back again for another round of playoffs. We've got uh, your host here, Ben, kicking things off. And as always, Christopher Keane, how are you, man? Going well, man. We're down to four. Gee whiz. Down to four. And unfortunately, this bloke wasn't here last week. He was someone who was still in with a chance, and he did just narrowly miss out. Brody, welcome back to the pod, man. It's good to be back, boys. I'm I'm glad to be back. Let me tell you, and I must admit, I was a little taken aback by the decisions made last week to not have me on for the 17th episode of our illustrious career to date in the EDL. But after listening to the episode, and more importantly, listening to the feedback from our beloved listeners... It's safe to say I know my role between the three of us, and I definitely know my value. The saying goes, boys, leave the funny jokes to the funny blokes. That's been the feedback, and I will take that on board. <laughs> and let me just talk. Look, we, we have to thank Thais. It was, an, what do we say, an honourable mention. He did, he did okay. Let's, let's be frank. Encouragement award. Encouragement award. He got the little happy meal from the under nines. But... <laughs> Gee, wow, we. Those poor employees who have had to endure old monotone McMahon's meetings. Jesus Christ, they ask. Give us some pitch in the voice. I don't want to hear about your notes. I don't want to just see you read or hear you read off a piece of paper. Can you imagine that those employees, they, they would have to have cardboard cutouts of themselves for the Zoom meetings because they could not stomach it. For more than 20 minutes. Jesus. But thank you for featuring on the podcast. Oh, I can't believe we've got into uh, Thais' pitch <laughs> after one minute of the pod. That's amazing content. Oh, I couldn't the help most, myself. The most rough part about this whole thing is old Hoddick goes on a, on a day-long, weekend-long golfing tournament, can't do the pod. Matt, Matt spends his Sunday, <laughs> fills in, and then cops an absolute barrage. <laughs> the okay, second off. I must, I must put in the, the, the T's and C's of my rant were speaking for the other members of the league. Well, you keep saying um, after all the feedback, I, I can only imagine it's just yours and Papa's thoughts on the drive home after the golf tournament. <laughs> I don't think you've spoken to anyone else. No, I had a, I had a couple of messages. But so after saying it all, I'm, I'm very happy to be back, boys. We'll, we'll get this show back on track. Good to have you back. We've got the uh, got the new microphone now, so hopefully the Ooh, sound yeah. is uh, sounding a bit smoother, a bit of smooth FM going on. And uh, Richard Mercer, let's uh, <laughs> old Dick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go straight into the news, shall we? Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And with the news, there's not a lot that we need to get through in these weeks because we really only need to touch on the things that affect the four remaining relevant teams. So let's just go straight into the old injury news that has some effects there. So resident Dr. Hoddick, kick it off, man. Yeah, well, uh, not much to really talk about here. The only player of note, um, or one of a few, is uh, Henry Ruggs, who's now on COVID for Jake's team. Um, another, I think this is pretty important one, but Matthew Stafford. It's not really. 
It's not really a note when he's on your taxi squad, is it? No, well, that's true. Can't <laughs> score any points on there. But um, Matthew Stafford can score points for Scoot. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is a big one, I think. Uh, he's got the ribs, and it's it's a little pessimistic at this stage. But quarterbacks do tend to play through a rib or two, don't they, Keeney? Do they? Well, he got through one game. Uh, but <laughs> One pass. But, uh, yeah, Scoot will definitely need Matthew Stafford to get up uh, for this one to, to get over the juggernaut that is the punishers, but we'll get to that. And uh, Raheem Mostert, he, he copped the concussion. This is a funny one. I, I thought he passed the concussion protocol in the game, but then now he's back in it, which is never a good sign when the player goes mm. back into the protocol. Um, whether If it's a delayed concussion, that's even worse. Um, so hopefully for Tim Oster's sake, he gets up for this game because he's got a juicy matchup against the Cowgirls. And the last one is uh, Rojo. Uh, going on the COVID list, that's obviously not important as he's on my squad, uh, but it does have implications for Jake uh, because he gets to stroll out the old fridge, the immovable object, Leonard Fournette. The opportunity arises, and I think this is an important one for Jake because he's he's reeling a bit with this squad, which we'll get to a bit later. But uh, that's all we have, boys, for the injuries. It's not... Uh, not too many, luckily, to speak of for these four teams going into the week. Considering the year that has been, it's uh, it's been a bit of a breath of fresh air not having to get 15 sleeper updates about all the ridiculous injuries and outs that have typically gone on this year. But let's, uh, let's get to how things played out last week with our reviews. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And what a week it was with the four teams that were left. And uh, we we had these foes, these bitter rivals in the car. It's like listening to Tweedledum and Tweedledee as they drove off to the golf course. The Humdingers, 93.54, defeated by Pappas Punishers in the end, 125.74. Not, not an overly huge spectacle in scoring. Um, I think it probably summarized your season in the end, Hod, with putting up one of your worst scores of the year a sub 100 uh and it was really just a team that was limping to the line in the end wasn't it absolutely and your your first point here i think is the key to the disaster that it was yes it uh it was a bit of a, a qb disaster here for the dingers uh matty ryan 7.29 and we we i do recall um having a chat to you about Feeling good about sitting Cam Newton on that 4.36 on that early game. <laughs> and we're fe- feeling pretty good about Alex Smith just popping into that super flex position. But the old 0.28, I think he had 50 passing yards <laughs> and a pick. Probably didn't get it done, but they won. So classic Washington. Well, you, you, probably, you said the word popping. He did pop a calf. Let's just, he didn't just play yeah, the full game. But yeah, it wasn't going to get the job done anyway. Yes, uh, it was a bit of a disaster. But um, once again, kind of Papa got through with that one QB. He got the 15, which is enough from Brady. And really, the, the T.Y. Hilton Superflex decision will be the, uh, the big story in this game, I think. Um, he finally put up a, a, a really big score when Papa actually started him and, and needed him to do so. Um, and that kind of ended up being the main difference in this one. Just um, in terms of... I know Papa's pretty hot on the text at 5am, Hod. Can you reveal 
what uh, what took place between the hours of five and six last week? Jeez, you you know me well. I I was trying to get <laughs> your I was trying to get your attention here because I did remember a little message at five a.m. If I can, uh... oh well, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't going to be. Well, no, we had the later game anyway. So uh, this was at eight oh eight though. So not very long into the game, but he he goes here he is. Old fuckwit, Rivers, <laughs> not throwing to TY. I just sent a simple smiley face and then there was silence. And you know what silence means when it's Papa. That means good things because I said silence is gold, isn't it? And he goes, that's my boy. He's the ultimate claimer. Mm. When things go, he, things go well, he's all about him. He's the classic bloke who cries, poor me. And then when it's all said and done, turns around with a never in doubt. And I think uh, there's a few of those in the league. And just, I think we've all been guilty of doing that, to be honest. Just once or twice. And I'll, I'll just, while we're on the text thread, at 10.16, he's 30 points up and Alex Smith is out for the game. Uh, so I've got no chance. And he goes, Jonesy needs to lift. Spare me, Papagiris. Oh, yeah, mate, I copped, I copped some of that Papagiris juice as well when I needed Damien Harris to score 50. He's like, I think Damien Harris could put up a big score. Oh, please. <laughs> Hang on, boys. I am not done. He still goes. Oh, sorry. He still goes while the second slot of games are on. Any danger Stafford throwing to his wide receiver one. He's sewn the game up. Jonesy needs to lift. And Marvin Jones needs to get the ball more. He's a he's a special one, this man. Papa, Papa, what do you want? Do you want him to throw it into the sidelines where bloody Kenny Golladay is, mate? That's his wide receiver one, and he's not playing. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, on, you know yeah, what? Income. You act like a donkey. You uh, you start to display those. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> couldn't be a Papa review without some sounds. Um, <laughs> Let. But let's, we'll, um, we'll cl- yeah, yeah, we'll close, we'll close this one off. Um, obviously, Ty was the big talking point, but I think the other the other big talking point was um, the advantage that the punishers are getting week in week out with Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that kind of he's the he's the man that single handedly got him to the top uh, got him into the top four this year. I think a great pick really overall at pick twenty two in the startup, um, and you'd have to think that even given his age, he's thirty one that. If we did a dynasty redo, I think he's a he's a first round selection for mine, um, and he will still be a, a nice piece for Papa to build around over the next three or four years. Um, and actually, just looking at Kelsey as well, I just did some quick numbers on that, just with um, the tight end premium format that we've got. If you actually take QBs away from this uh, group of players, he's the number two overall player in fantasy, just behind Dalvin Cook. So he's got every other wide receiver covered in fantasy right now in that tight end premium. Uh, setting that we've got, which we flagged a bit earlier in this pod. So just a massive advantage week in, week out and, and good on him. Great pick. Now, now Papa is never short of a comment or two. And the one that keeps coming up is you did have some words about Travis Kelsey earlier in this year, Keeney. Are you willing to put on record that you are going to eat those words? Well, he, I think the, the problem was that I said Travis Kelsey was out of contract and I said... Travis Kelsey is 31 and out, meaning out of contract. As I think he took it as 31 and out of the league because he's old. Yes, he did. Um, I've got 
yeah, I meant he was out of contract, but then promptly a week later he signs a five-year deal with with Kansas City and Mahomes. So um, if you if you took that the wrong way, Papa, I apologise. But um, no, I think uh, clearly he's uh, a pretty important piece for the punishers going forward. No, he didn't get there. that one out, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing. All right, and we have the Prestige Worldwide 113.6 defeating, no, kidding, being defeated by OJ's legal team, 114.8. And we thought with such a narrow victory and with the shade that was thrown down last week, who better to get on the pod with a right of reply than the manager of OJ's legal team himself, Jake, how are you, mate? Doing very well, boys. How are you going? We're doing very well. Clearly, uh, you're doing the best out of all of us because you're one of four still going. Um, so, how does that feel to be one of the four left? Uh, validated. Uh, <laughs> nah, to be honest, it's been a really, really, really stressful season. And to get through the final four in my first year, I felt like I came in and Hod really sold me into the league as a guy that had half an idea what I was doing. And I had half a decent draft, and then the wheels fell off. So to get to the final four, in all honesty, uh, feels pretty good. Well, you must be feeling good, Jake, because you said you'd never be back on the pod, and it took me all of one message to get <laughs> you back on. I, I didn't think you'd miss the opportunity to air air what's about to happen. The amount of rubbish that you talk about me on this podcast is actually fucking absurd. <laughs> you being. You being you, Mr. Oh, me. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. I told you I wasn't coming back on. And you're like, no, no, please, please come on, Jay. I was like, okay, fine. I'm sure he begged. I reckon you you sold yourself a little bit, Jake, with your uh, auctioneer performance in the two-minute drillers a couple of years ago. That was one of the finest things I've I've witnessed live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as soon as you... uh, Started talking dribble that night. We thought, yeah, we got to have this block. So, uh, <laughs> well, and, uh, just one, just one other thing, mate. Just I know the the rumors have been running rampant. Just with your recent engagement, um, and just that your focus had shifted a little bit uh, from from fantasy onto uh, onto the Dahl. But it's good to know that now the mindset is kind of back right where it belongs, back Clear. into the EDL, and and the results are showing. I wish I could blame my poor results on on anything else other than being a really poor owner with no players for five or six weeks, but I can't. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because at least someone's you know given me some sort of respect, but it had nothing to do with that, unfortunately. I thought about I think about my lineup every night far more than I thought about housing and proposed to Sheridan. And that's no word of a lie. I worked at housing and do that day of. I wake up at 4 a.m. every morning on a Monday to tinker. <laughs> well, we should take the opportunity to congratulate you on your recent engagement. It's it's a big thing to get down on the knees. The, the DFF knows all about that, doesn't he? <laughs> the DFF? Yeah, That's the dirty he, knees. That's how he cleans the factory floor. Um, oh, he mops the floors. <laughs> well, he's not with a two-knee special, though, isn't he? <laughs> All right, let's, let's actually... <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> let's, do some, let's do some reviews here. Uh, but before we go too much further, we thought uh, probably just to refresh the memory, you did 
you did say you were in a bit of a slump. You found your way back into form by having a win over one of your, what's soon becoming one of your fiercest rivals in Matty Mac. And we thought just to refresh your memory, we've, uh, we've grabbed the notes that he wrote down when he was the guest uh, member on the pod last week. Keeney, do you want to uh, just refresh Jake's memory there? Yeah, and look, really, in fairness, I, I needed to get this off my chest. I just couldn't let this go by without reviewing Matt's analysis of Jake's team. Now, keep that in, bear that in mind as we go through. This was Matt reviewing Jake's, the OJ's legal team, their team. Now, I'll start it off. He said, the fantasy gods returned for Jake. Antonio Gibson, one of Matt's players, is out injured and he has McKissick to step in. The last time I played this, Dick, I was up 50-odd and he had Lockett go off for 203 touchdowns, dropped a 45-burger on me. He will do the same again this week. I might even bet on it. His next point was, I may have peaked too early with 188. Not sure how that's relevant to Jake's team at all uh, <laughs> last week. So can't wait for Waller and Davis, two of his players, to lay an egg this week when it matters. <laughs> Would have been great if players were last week. So I could have said that I will have fun with Corey Davis. His next point was, I'll be watching Zeke's injury status as well because I have Tony Pollard in another league. Now, again, we're reviewing Jake's team in the EDL here and he's somehow transitioned that to Tony Pollard in his redraft league that he owns. And then he closes the analysis of Jake's team off by saying, I haven't scored under 100 this year and I'm usually good for 130 to 140. So Jake will need to pull out some points to beat me. It was all it was all just me, 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 me time. So if the listeners haven't picked up, this is a retrospective go back in time preview for Jake of the matchup because we didn't get anything on Jake's team last week. Filthy Jake. Uh to be honest, when I heard Thais was on, I was like, oh, okay, well Hod's not on, that's fine. And then when you guys both jumped on together, I was like, hold on a minute. Where am I? <laughs> I'm playing this week. <laughs> and then to have to listen to, to Matt, not just in my, in my, in his analysis of my team, but just the dribble that came out for the whole hour. I was like, how am I not getting a crack? Like surely form shows. If you're going to bring anybody on, it was going to be me. And this pleb who had no right to be in the playoffs, no right. He's starting Corey Day on. Davis in the playoff game. I told that idiot no team with Corey Davis on <laughs> starting receiver is going to win a playoff game when I was trying to trade for a quarterback earlier this year. And what happened? Corey Davis scored 2.9. What'd you lose by? Well, <laughs> just on that, just on that point as well, he um, you got him by 1.2 points in the end. And I did notice that Corey Davis did have a bit of a shocker. Three for three receptions, 34 yards, but he also had a fumble as a wide receiver, which, as we know, is a negative two, uh, which has proven to be the difference. So, Jake, you're uh, Nostradamus over there with the Corey Davis prediction, <laughs> just rubbing salt into the wound. And just just before we move on, I mean, I just going through that again, they're just how many of those predictions did Old Davis get right? It was pretty much <laughs> off the mark on all of them. He, was, he had about a, the same level of success rate as we have in our punters club every week. <laughs> he went the reverse moz and, and just uh, it just didn't work for him. No, Absolutely. 
then he then he talked about the Moz saying how he was going to put all this money on, and he didn't even do it. Coward. That's where he went wrong. He he's now saving up for next season, where he's going to fork out a couple of grand every week just to make sure he can get a win. Worthy investments, but we will push on with a little more of the review because it was Tinker City for Thais. He. He isn't known at all for overthinking things I wouldn't have thought, but uh, he ended up rolling with three tight ends, which has worked for him in the past. Um, but sitting Miles Sanders, his first pick in the startup draft, like this is a massive decision. Surely you just roll out the talent. He's overthought it, um, didn't factor in the RPO, um, which does prove to be all right for running backs. And he, he put up an absolute monster game. So that one's going to hurt him for a while. But this game had everything. It had the stat correction with Kiki Kuti fumbling on special teams. So we all we were all watching that score and had to factor that in. So it came down to the Browns-Baltimore shootout on Tuesday, Arvo, to settle this. And Lamar dropping a juice could have ultimately cost Thais here who got agonizingly close with Mandrews getting all the looks on that final drive and even had some controversy there with Jarvis Landry at the end. Now, I I was a little nervous when I saw that live, but seeing the replay, I don't think it was that close. But the multiple laterals and fumbles he had or the Browns had on that final play, just talk us through the amount of sweat that was on your body in that final play there jacus i i declared myself prior to that play at home i was celebrating i was doing the lebron stamp through the house like losing my (laughs) mind and then like chaos just erupted and i promise (laughs) i was on my hands and knees in front of my television praying saying why is this happening to me please stop please stop now well i'm I'm glad you brought up the word praying because that's been the mantra of your team all year with the fantasy gods. The halo head himself, Mr. Panthers. I have no qualms in saying that I truly believe in fantasy gods. <laughs> it is legitimately a thing that every part of my decision is, uh, and other fantasy gods going to agree with this. And if the answer is that, like, it's the only reason I haven't dropped Zeke all year because you don't drop your first pick, Miles Sanders. How can you start Evan Engram over Miles Sanders in any planet, in any situation? How good's, uh, dagger. How good's old in. Captain Hindsight after you win by under oh. two? Um, uh, anyway, let's... Captain well, you think that I, I think I had to work out what I was doing with Brandon Cooks, and it was I was in the exact same boat, and I went the safe Landry versus um, Agarwal. So you can imagine my my anger towards my gods again. That every time I don't play this bloke, he goes for a hundred yards and a touchdown, and every time I do, yeah, he pulls up zero. So how do you think I was feeling when Agarwal does that on my bench and Landry hasn't played? Oh, this is all too familiar with another certain league member talking about Terence Yates Hilton. I was going to say, is Papa, is this Papa on the line, or who are we interviewing here? Oh God! All right, let's uh, let's let's straighten up a little bit here. So we'll go through the fact that no doubt, after knocking Matt off in the fashion that you did, you've got to be absolutely pumped. But um, yeah, getting through despite absolutely nothing out of Noah Fant, who's ruled out early with an injury in that game, and the fact that. Uh, 
we are due a big Tyler Lockett game soon, as it's been a while. How do you feel about uh, some of those performances and how they're going to hold up? I know we're going to get into the preview soon, but how do you feel uh, with your team shaping up for next week? Nah, not well. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to pretend and, and, and blow smoke. The, getting a playoff win this year is, is a success, given how my team... I don't have a running back. You would have thought beginning of the year, and it was carried by Zeke and the Gurley early on in the year. Zeke's clearly on one leg, and Gurley, I knew coming into the year, was on one leg. McKissick is my best running back, which says plenty about my lineup. So in terms of how do I feel going up against the next McMahon, the all-conquering team at this point, uh, not great. I'm going to need one of those Tyler Locker games. I'm going to need Fant to play. <laughs> I don't actually have another tight end at the moment that uh, gets a target. So I'm so, not looking great. So you're telling me that Jimmy Graham would have uh, looked nice on your bench at the moment. Uh, is that, is that what on my bench? Uh, yeah. No, or, or, oh, as us. an option. As an option. He would have been all right? Uh, not for what I had to give up. No, I'd rather, I'd rather cop the, the zero, to be honest with you. All right, enjoy, enjoy the how's zero. the form? How's the form of the host? He he has a little dig before talking about yeah. hindsight wins of two, and now he's going about hindsight trades that may have helped you ten weeks post the deadline. <laughs> I was, was going to say it's good to good to see the Park City Lions finally got a mention on the podcast this week. Uh, oh, it took too long, mate. No, he went the same thing with the Gaskin. How how would have he gone for me at the moment? It would have been oh. as as good as Odell Beckham, I reckon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, what about? Well, let's um, play let's... more. Play more games. That's <laughs> true. We'll focus on uh, Calvin Ridley. I reckon he's a nice little story there, and probably comes at the uh, expense of Hod right now because he is absolutely reaping the benefit from no Julio. Um, so it's more reassuring, I suppose, to see such a young, talented wide receiver having no issues now being the alpha dog because that was sort of the knock on him. And that's probably why you did get him at such a steal in that draft. So I know that he, uh, from memory, when we had you back on way back when assessing the, the startup draft, he was your value. He was your favorite pick. He was everything. You absolutely creamed your pants when you got him where you did. Uh, so how does it feel now being justified with that? Well, he's probably one of the only ones I got right. <laughs> so, um, no, nah, he, he's a gun. And I was really nervous with Julio. I was really hoping that he would have another full year of Julio by his side and he could be the 1B. And I was really hoping that Hopkins would be my 1A. And Hopkins has been a jet as well. But with Kyler running the ball so much, um, he has a time. He's been really limited in terms of on the goal line and his touchdown. He's had heaps of yards, but he's only had three TDs. So, I've been pretty lucky that Ridley's um, stepped up. He was, he was a gun anyway, and he proved that last year in, in spurts. Um, so now you feel pretty good with him uh, rolling around. You should be feeling great because I will get over to Atlanta. I will have a chat to Julio, and he will be going to another team. No, then the best dime dropped by an Atlanta quarterback on the weekend was Russell Gage. Yeah, no, oh, don't don't even get me started on Matt Ryan. It's this is not about me. I'm not going to take oh, the high road like Matt does. I'm going to or Ben for that sake. I'm going to let you talk about your team. All right, enough reviewing last week. Let's get into some previews for our next round of playoffs. What's that? Uh, playoffs? We'll talk about. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? 
That's right. The sound drop that gets everyone up and about and moving. I, could, I couldn't uh, take my eyes off everyone moving on the screen there as that was going. But we've got our first playoff game, which does feature the number one seed, Straight Cash Homies. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Old Tim O'Mac there taking on the scraping in OJ's legal team. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And we've still got Jake on the line here to uh, give us his final thoughts as he probably is about to embark on a weekend of non-stop thinking about setting that lineup and tinkering 50,000 times. So uh, take it away, Keeney. Absolutely. And I know, Jake, you sort of touched on it um, before, but just how, how are you feeling overall about this matchup? And I will kind of alert you to the fact that last time these two teams met all the way back in week two, Jake put up a really nice score of 179.6. In fact, that was his highest score of the year. So a real psychological edge here for OJ's legal team. How are you feeling about it, mate? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that confident in my team this week. Having said that, looking through Tins, I think if there's a week where his couple of his players are going to have that off week, he's been up for a very, very long time. Um, I'm quite confident that he's not going to necessarily score that big 160, 170 this week that he's done so consistently, which gives me a chance. I think he's in line for more of an average performance. And if I can have one or two, you know, sort of come out of the box, I'm, you know, I'm a puncher's chance this week. I was, I was actually going to mention that he has been lights out this, this year, Timos, just in terms of, I think he's just almost good for 130, 140 every week. I know Matt said he was good for 130, 140 every week, but uh, I think that's more of his brother that he's referring to. Um, he's been very, very consistent. But getting back to your team while we've got you on, man, I just want to, want to get uh, into the psyche of, of a couple of players. And I know, obviously, there's a bit to play out here before the uh, game start. Well, there's a game tomorrow and a game on Sunday, just so you're aware. Of course, you probably will be. But uh, Todd Gurley currently sitting on the pine of OJ's legal team. Talk me through it. Yeah, he won't play. <laughs> Todd Gurley is a not required Listen. player this week. <laughs> he, um, he, he's been really, he's really struggled clearly probably the last, well, probably the second half of the season, to be honest. He was pretty touchdown dependent early and he was propped up by scoring plenty of them. Uh, but the Atlanta offense isn't what um, probably everyone thought it was going to be collectively for the year. And and he suffered the second half of the year. I think Edo Smith has out-touched him two or three times in a row. Um, he's he's done. He's done for me. Exclusive there for our, uh, our listeners. But uh, another player I'd like you to just talk us through here. Now, I know Rojo's been declared out for this week. How, do you, how are you feeling? in terms of the confidence level of uh, big Leonard Fournette. Is he going to get it done for you when you need him most? Well, I haven't actually uh, counted one score from Leonard Fournette this year. I didn't play him in his big week where he scored 25, and then he's pretty much been out ever since. But he, he's going to get a run this week. If I give you tell you something, that for free, he's starting in the... Uh, I'm giving him some confidence this week. I'm <laughs> deliberately starting in the RB1 slot. Yeah. So you are the man. You're going to take Tampa to uh, a big game against Atlanta. And I'm just feeling, you know, get, get, get an opportunity, take the most of it. You did it and, once. And, 
I, I do. Yeah, I, I do like. Uh, I do like it when owners put their players in certain positions. I know. I know the host loves it as he shakes his head here. <laughs> Ridiculous. I was going to say, if if anything screams of. I worship the fantasy gods more than I put Leonard Fournette at RB1 to give him a bit of confidence in week not only, 15. Not only do I worship the fantasy gods in Jake, he's, uh, he's putting, um, putting Gurley out as a sacrifice this week for his gods. He's already called him out before uh, his lineup is set. So go hard. I'll just touch on that one because the, the Tampa running back room has been close to my heart all year. And this is the exact reason, I think, why they would have made the investment in Fournette um, early on in the year. It is that insurance piece. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets his chance and takes it. Uh, I didn't realize Rojo was ruled out. I saw him questionable this morning, but it's it's later been ruled out. Yeah, I think he's on COVID, mate. Um, I know he's... Uh, COVID? He's had the... I think he, he's had the finger surgery, but I think they've also put him on COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. Um, just another blow to the, the humdingers this year, mate. But it's actually funny that you mentioned the Tampa Bay running back room because we've got the three members of the league that just are hoarding Tampa Bay running backs. We've got old Keyshawn Vaughan and LaShawn McCoy up top here with Benjamin. We've got Rojo and the humdingers. And we've got Leonard and OJ's legal team. It's, it's great to have you all on at the one time. There's, um, there's actually one other player I just wanted to discuss here, and that is uh, McKissick. Um, and probably I think it looks at this stage like you're starting him ahead of guys like a Brandon Cooks or a Nelson Aguilar. Was there any temptation to start one of those two? Obviously, he's in the running back, but you could move Zeke up there and, and move him into the flex. So that's kind of what I'm looking at as the decision you've made there. Or is it Zeke that you're contemplating? It's, it's Zeke on the block, to be honest with you, for this week. Um, I just, I'm going to be watching very, very, very closely to see um, what reports come out of him training. He's been fully hampered for the last four or five weeks. They keep calling it a calf. Um, but he looks like a shadow of himself, to be honest. He's not... The name is is something, but it, you know, I, I gave uh, Matty a lot of shit for not starting Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was a healthy player in a bad team. Zeke is a very, I think, unhealthy player in a very average offense at the moment. He's not... Yeah... He's the one. He would go. If I've got the balls, I'll play Aguilar instead of Zeke this week. Wowee. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just go back to McKissick there. Um, he did used to play for the Seahawks, didn't he? This is a little... Oh, revenge game. Revenge game. A little motivation, oh, wow. which Keeney loves. Um, you love all that. You, you're just as bad as Jack with the fans. <laughs> Great minds. Great minds. <laughs> Um, the the Aguilar decision is interesting, mate, considering that he's playing tomorrow afternoon. So that will have to be a uh, a swifty decision for you. Looking forward to yeah. seeing what you do there. Yeah, it'll be a decision tonight. And to be honest, like the thing with McKissick this week actually makes me nervous is Alex Smith's questionable as well. And Alex Smith is the one who loves to dump off. If they end up playing one of the other QBs, McKissick doesn't have the same value because Smith is the one that loves that that shuffle out to the left or to the right. So I, I really don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, the only other player that dumps off more than Alex Smith is um, Lamar Jackson in the third quarter of Baltimore games. But uh, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. <laughs> you leave my oh. dumps out of this. 
Hey, speaking of QBs, this is the last thing. I know this is very, very Jake-centric, so sorry, Tim Moss, about that. You are the number one seed, uh, but you're not on the pod, so we'll get to you, mate. Just just hang tight. Last thing we want to really uh, ask you is your quarterback decision. I mean, I think Derek Carr is a lock against the Chargers there to play, but just an interesting one with Roethlisberger and Drew Locke uh, as your two other options. So Drew Locke, Hasn't done anything to impress an awful lot this year, but he is coming off the back of, I think, what was his best game for the season or second best game against Carolina, had four touchdowns, put up a 25, looked nice against a defense that um, is not the greatest against QBs. And he's got a very nice run home against defenses that play QBs. So he's got Buffalo who give up points for the QB and you've got the other decision in Benny Roth who... He's taking on Cincy. They're sort of a, a decent defense against quarterbacks. And he's coming off playing Buffalo, which are pretty ordinary, putting up a 13, a two-pick, two-TD game. He hasn't done an awful lot in the last month to fill you with confidence, Roethlisberger. So are you going to shoot for upside potentially with Locke or are you thinking of playing safe with Roth? Big Ben is my quarterback and he will remain my quarterback for the remainder of the season. He, unless he gets injured, he's, he's not going anywhere. He did uh, slot in for a nice 29 against Cincinnati in his last mm. start earlier in the season. Um, he loves he loves a conference game. But, mate, if, if you throw in those kind of stats, it doesn't build the narrative that I'm trying to play out, Hod. So uh, <laughs> let's just be selective in the stats that we want to throw around. Well, I'll be selective in this one. The pod is about informing the listeners. And, Jake, you currently have your quarterback starting tomorrow. <laughs> in your flex position. And if we've learned anything off the host this year, that is an absolute <laughs> no-no. Big no-no. Get him in your starting oh, position. What? Moving moving to the moving top. To the top. No, he's moving to the top. He's my QB too. Big Ben is the leader of this. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah. He's Sorry, led- I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Motivation. No, no. Absolutely. <laughs> and you notice Hopkins is always my number one receiver. It's just how it works, just how it rolls, man. But uh, for what it's worth, I kind of agree with you. I think Benny Roth, I think the Steelers playing three games in 11 days, I think they'll be pretty motivated and annoyed. Actually, I think they'll be motivated to put up score on Cincinnati this week. I think their offense has been kind of just going the last few weeks. And I think, as you touched on, Hod, he's played well against Cincy last time. I think they'll be motivated to put up 40 points if they can against them. Um, and kind of get that offense back on track. So I think he's a pretty good player this week. And and if he's the one that can, if he can get in, if he can get you another thirty, that's kind of your the way you can kind of attack Timos's team this week and get the W. I think you're going to need him to to go off. Yeah, to be honest, the other part of it as well is I don't really trust uh, the Steelers running backs at the moment either. Oh. And I think neither do neither no. does Mike uh, Tomlin. So he puts the ball in Big Ben's hands all the time. To, to get the job. So if he's gonna if they, if the Steelers are gonna have a big game, so is Big Ben. Um, and that's my my theory or my thinking hopefully going into into this game as well. Let's let's just uh let's just hope for your sake when the Steelers are faced with a fourth and one or a goal line opportunity at the one yard line, why wouldn't they just run their three hundred pound quarterback for a quarterback sneak? I am blown away the amount of times they have a short yardage situation and don't use him in that way when he weighs 500 pounds. What are your thoughts on that? He's about 57 years old, isn't he? Broken, man. That's the theory. The whole offense is powered towards him not moving. I reckon if he he attempted a fourth and one like that, he'd have a quad like Jake's after he attempts it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and for the people who were unaware, uh, Jack was just filling us in that he went for a, uh, took his dog to the park, kicked a soccer ball and snapped the old quaddy there. So that's in a bit of pain the, at the moment. That's the story we hear. I think he may have injured the quad <laughs> when he was on the ground watching that game last week. <laughs> Just, just dry humping the ground <laughs> in celebration. <laughs> you got it, the voodoo you. doll out. <laughs> gave it a good reaming. Oh no! All right, mate. It's been great to have you on the pod. Uh, you've had plenty of airtime. You said you missed out last week. You said you didn't get your right of reply. Well, you've more uh, well and truly made up for that. So it's been great to ha- have you on, mate. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. No, thank you very, very much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for the pod, boys. It is dead set the highlight of my week. And um, and Tim, just go home a week early, man. It's fun. <laughs> good luck, it. Snake. <laughs> no. Yeah, all yeah, the best, mate. Only, mate. All the best. Have a yeah. night. See you, mate. See you, mate. Uh, now that he's gone, let's uh, let's switch to the other side of it. This bloke hasn't had much of a mention in the last week and a bit. He finished as the overwhelming number one seed. He's had a dominant season, straight cash homies. Uh, let's do a little bit of a review of just what we think his team is shaping up for in this matchup. And I look at the uh, Kamara lineup uh, decision here. He's got KC. I know, Hod, you believe that will be an absolute shootout of a game. I reckon that's going to be a pretty juicy matchup for him. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like regardless with Taysom Hill, the the Chiefs, if they have one flaw, it's that run defense. So Kamara could have an absolute monster in this one. Hmm. Agree. What are your thoughts, Saints fan, Keeney? No, yeah, I agree. It's it's going to be interesting. I don't think they've ruled Breeze out just yet. I, I mean, I think it's pretty unlikely that he plays, but... Um, like if Breeze does play, that's that's another plus for Kamara. I'm kind of with you there. I think it could be even Latavius Murray could get some good usage in this game. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Chiefs are going to put up points, you'd think. So you can see, I, I can see Taysom having to air it out a little bit. Um, interesting that he actually isn't starting Taysom this week. He's gone with Ryan Tannehill, which probably is the safer play. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like to me, boys, that Timos hasn't played a bloody game in three weeks. It feels like we haven't talked about him for a while because uh, he's kind of locked up that one seed a long way out and obviously had the, the week off last week. So he's, he's primed and ready. A bit of pressure on the one seed as there always is. Well, just going back to that Chiefs game, um, I think the, the first score will be pivotal in this one because if the Saints can go down and score first um, and then hopefully hold the Chiefs and get up, that's where you'll really see them try and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and play that running game. Whether it's Taysom Hill or or Kamara, I'm sure that they can muster up a game plan to try and slow down that offense because that's the only chance any team has is if they can play that clock. So I think, yeah, I really like Kamara this week for Timos. Mm. And, yeah. um, of course, looking at uh, Timos's team, it looks like Raheem Mostert's in a bit of a concussion protocol at this stage. So just going through, he's pretty much the only one that's questionable. And I think he's more favouring towards doubtful um, at this point. I think it's going to be a fair bit of Jeff Wilson in, in San Francisco. And unfortunately, it's a, it's a really nice matchup against Dallas. Um, so he could be one to watch for 
if he if he misses. Um, just trying to work through well, here. Well, I'm looking at who he could potentially instead. put in. He's got Salvin Ahmed, who still was limited in practice, but um, if he does play, he'd be a pretty good matchup there. But he's also got Michael Pittman, who's got a nice matchup against Houston. So he could slot in either of those two, um, but yep. he'd be waiting on Ahmed's status as well. All right, looking at his starting QB, Kyler Murray, it's the bloke who he uh, traded in the startup up for. He was aggressive. He sold his two second rounders in back-to-backs. Um, it's been a very good pickup for him this year, but he has in the last three weeks, he's had three tough matchups and he has had his three worst games of the year. So he doesn't have an easy run from this part out. He's got Philly and San Fran if he does make it past this week. Not that he would ever bench Kyler. That would be ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to be looking at that matchup and, and that might be a bit of a barometer for him. If he can get a 20 as a floor out of Kyler, I reckon that's going to be pretty good for Timos. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. Um, he has, I think it's, um, I think we know that he's got a shoulder injury there because we've seen the rushing come down in the last three weeks. And then obviously a huge part of his scoring this year has been that rushing element um, with not only the touchdowns, but there's a flaw there with rushing yards. And that's one thing Philly have actually given up. They're pretty good against the run against running backs, but they have given up some rushing yards to quarterbacks so it's it was encouraging last week that he had i think 12 rushes again um so timos will be hoping that he can mix in the rushing this week as well as the pass Kenny, yeah i think we'll, we'll continue to go down the down the list of his, his same here we've talked about kamara we've talked about most at all who his replacement is um look dk metcalf's um for mine one of the picks of the startup draft, um, his value has gone through the roof. His second year has been phenomenal. He's wide receiver number four in PPR this year. He's good for, you know, 10 to 20 points almost every week. Um, but he does come up against a, a pretty stingy defense over the last uh, three or four weeks, I'd have to say. And, and I think generally their, their past defense has been pretty good. They've, they've been able to keep wide receivers in check. But, I mean, it's, it's no, nothing really controversial here. He's an auto start. Um, as is his um, his other two wide receivers, really. Well, just before we go to them, it's this is another tilting matchup because we've seen when Metcalf has a big game, Ty Lockett suffers and vice versa. And he's obviously coming up against Lockett this week. So mm. Timos will be hoping that Metcalf is a featured in that game plan because the only two games this year that he's had a score of three or sub 10 has been two really low scores. He just has not been looked at by Russell Wilson, which is um, a stupid game plan if, if you have any wits about you. But um, yeah, I think, I think he'll be fine against the skins. I mean, football team. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think um, Metcalf's also... His worst games come against the Rams, which are a tough D, but uh, he's also proven he's probably match-up proof because he put up a 34 against San Fran who's got a solid pass D as well so that'd be an interesting one as you said to see the effect that if uh, one of these blokes goes off does it have the inverse effect on the other Um, but we will move to I think uh, as he said Evans Diggs both very good matchups for them Diggs has had an unbelievable year we did highlight at the start of the year that those receivers could have all been potentially wide receiver ones and just looking at it, I think they just about all are going into the playoffs here. You've got Stefan Diggs, wide receiver three. You've got Mike Evans. He's wide receiver 21. He's had a few uh, injury 
um, injuries throughout the year. Wide we'll receiver four for Metcalf. So pretty unbelievable strike rate Absolutely. there, Timos, with those. Um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And I'll tell you what, moving down his moving down his lineup, we get to Dallas Godert. Any love here for Irv Smith Jr.? I know you're a big fan, Hod, but limited uh, snaps last week uh, against Tampa Bay. I watched a fair bit of that. In the second half, they really looked to get him involved, and he put up a nice score. I just wonder if if Timos, the, the Minnesota Viking himself, is tempted to put Irv Smith in against what seems to be an okay matchup against Chicago, especially on paper. They've given up some scores to, to tight ends this year. So, um, and that was obviously with Kyle Rudolph missing as well. So if he's uh, still out, which I think he might be, um, that could be an interesting play. What do you think, Bob? Um, you know, yeah, I've, I've aired my thoughts. I think Irv Smith's coming along just fine. Um, last week was a bit, out of the ordinary though, um, just given how much work Delvin Cook got, it just <clears throat> it was like a premeditated game plan with the Vikings. They they gave Thielen four targets and Jefferson seven, so I think there was something in that that they just weren't going to the receivers last week, and they had some monster days against the Bears in their last start, both Thielen and Jefferson. So I think they'll get back to that wide receiver. Um, wide receivers as part of this game plan again against the Bears. So I like go. I also, there. yeah, I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he needs to shoot for upside. I mean, Irv Smith did that on what, 35% of snaps, four targets, four catches. He was pretty efficient. Um, look at, got it since the buys had minimum six targets a game. Like that's, that's a pretty mm-hmm. safe floor for tight ends. Something you don't get a lot mm-hmm. out of tight ends. It was just more if, if, if Rudolph misses again, he looks to be the clear kind of go-to tight end, but it's just whether if they if they don't use the tight end enough, I suppose that was your point, Hod, so that's fair. I'm just um, just noticing a trend as we go through this lineup. Uh, there's a lot of games where they either have the same players from um, players from the same team, sorry, or they have head-to-head mm. players in the same game. And here's another one. You've got Ben Roethlisberger for Jake, but his upside could be limited if Claypool gets in on the action. Claypool has uh, somewhat fallen off the face of the earth with three, four, and eight points in the last three weeks. Um, don't know what's in that, whether it's the emergence of Deontay Johnson. I know his targets are up, but he can't catch anything. So, yeah, for, um, that could be a nice little win there for Timos with uh, Claypool loss. We, we, we made him famous on some of the early pods we, we, we did. I, I think it's almost the emergence of, of Claypool that's, that's created this. I just think defences are more um, willing to defend him over the top and maybe get some safety help because that's how he's scored a lot of his big touchdowns this year is kind of um, getting out the back of defences and, and producing long touchdowns. So I think his emergence is kind of what's almost stopped his production at the moment just because defences are more willing to, to bracket him a little bit more and not get beaten by his... Uh, his uh, ability on the deep paths. All right, boys, we've got a very, very in-depth uh, analysis here for our prelims. Um, so let's let's start to wrap it up and move on to the next game. But before we do, let's let's get everyone's picks. We didn't do this last week, but but what is our general feel? Hod, who's your pick for this game? Uh, I think the floor is too high for Timos um, and a bit of uncertainty for Jake's squad. So I will pick the straight cash homies. Very nice. And Keeney, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'd have to agree uh, exactly with what Hod said. And I will say, if Timos does win the league, he will have earned it. If he wins it, he's won 12 games in a row. Uh, he was one and two to start the year. So uh, the guy's on fire. So yeah, uh, a big year from, from Timos. I'll, I'll tip him as well. Absolutely on fire. Um, and my pick, yeah, look, I'll, I'll go a uh, clean sweep here. A bit of Bobby Broom. Um, I'm going to pick the straight cash homies as well. Uh, as all the reasons you pointed out, I think even just going through his matchups, he has less decisions to make because I think a lot of his matchups are pretty solid. Whereas, you know, even just listening to Jake, he's he's really toying with the fact that he could be benching his number one pick for Nelson Aguilar. So I think he is uh, going to have to have a lot go right. And Tim's floor all season has been so rock solid that it's going to be a hard one to beat. So three of us going with the straight cash homies there. Let's move on to the next game. And time to preview our second game of the playoffs, and uh, it does feature Papa's Punishers. Vengeance. Punishment. Taking on the number two seed who's just had a week off in the Bayside Executioners, who has been nothing short of a gif every time his team has picked up a win, and I'm sure, I have no doubt that he's got one, probably two, one for either results stashed away for depending on how this game plays out. Now, this this is a matchup for the ages. This is going to be talked about for a while. I can feel this because this, the, the app, the Facebook app just does not stop and it's just head-to-head, Papa versus Scoot, Papa versus Scoot. The, Papa's already talking about who he's playing next week and Scoot's, <laughs> Scoot's just put a little reply in here, which I'll... <laughs> just air for the listeners is will your quarterbacks be able to pull themselves away from bingo and jello night at the old folks home to play this week? It's been a big (laughs) talking point this year about Papa's quarterbacks. And that is too funny by scooter, but this, this one is going to be an absolute matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely it is. And uh, I know, you know, we, we throw out the projections just as a loose guide, but it's got a very, very, very tight affair. And, and speaking of QBs, we'll start with looking at what QBs Papa's punishes is able to roll out. An interesting takeaway, if we had a look at the waiver claims, he's just confident now that Hilton's gone off at a 23 in the Superflex. He doesn't need, uh, doesn't need Colt McCoy as that second QB. He's absolutely confident, doesn't need to run with him. He put up an eight. Uh, last time I checked, Daniel Jones is still doubtful. I don't think it's any lock that he uh, is getting that starting role again. So very interesting choice there out of Pappas Punishers. But you know what? He'll turn around and say it was um, it's a calculated move. He's still got Tom Brady, old man Tom, at the old folks' home there, uh, taking on Atlanta, which is a very nice matchup for him. He's still got Hilton sitting there against Houston in his super flex but there is a bit of uh there's a bit of buzz isn't there that drew Brees is looking okay with that uh rib injury there's talk that it could be this week but if it's not this week it could be next week so wouldn't that be a bit of justice for papa there if he was able to uh squeeze breeze out for one more go it could be his last game ever who knows kenny what do you reckon well morbid last game ever um <laughs> yeah maybe doesn't mean he's dying think, yeah <laughs> I think um, I think the aim was to get back for this game, but uh, according to old cat lips Sean Sean Payton, he was still experiencing a fair bit of pain um, throughout training <laughs> this week. So I think more likely than not, he won't be playing. But yeah, I'm with you. I was I was a little stunned with the Colt McCoy drop. 
Um, it's a real kind of DFF behavior. Well, it's more just, um, you know, fair enough. He's not, he's not going to be an, an unbelievable option, but it's more just the flexibility. Let's say, you know, touch wood, Tom Brady does come down with some sort of injury or ailment and he has to start a QB. These are some of the players that, um, that Papa kept over dropping, um, old Colt, Colt McCoy. There's some Anthony Ferkser there. What would you prefer boys there? There's a bit Chad of Hansen. Darren Fells sitting there. I mean, I don't think he's playing these blokes over his tight end. Is he, uh, Chad Hansen? Yeah. Who is Chad Hansen? Oh, you pick him up. He must've picked him up anyway, the 138th wide receiver. So, uh, he's that confident that he doesn't need Colt McCoy. Cause that's who he's holding on to there. So sorry for the Sammy McClure fake news, Papa. I'll, I'll keep moving to the other side of the ball now in scoot who, uh, he's got his own QB issues as we touched on earlier with Stafford. Um, being potentially ruled out for the game and having to start Teddy Bridgewater and rely at this stage on Mitch Trubisky in that super flex spot, who has actually looked um, somewhat competitive in terms of fantasy scoring, especially last week. So his last three weeks, 18, 13, 24, it's, uh, it's not the worst from a super flex position of someone who uh, hasn't done anything since week three. And isn't that just the year of the scoot that, his, uh, his backup QB has done nothing since week three. And uh, finally, when he might have to rely on him, he just happens to stroll back into the lineup. What do you reckon, Hod? Well, the, the mind games with quarterbacks, I tried it against Papa last week. It didn't get me anywhere. So Trubisky <laughs> playing over Foles on Papa's bench. Let's hope for Scoop. But I will just comment on that. Um, the, it obviously has come with the injury, but they also made that offensive coordinator change. Nagy relieved his duties and subsequently Trubisky's played quite well the last few weeks and coming up against Mini, you'd probably expect a fairly good score. Um, But I will be talking about the running backs here and boy, wow, we doesn't Papa have some juicy ones here. Aaron Jones draws the Panthers who I believe are bottom three at least um, against opposing running backs this year. So he should have a bounce back week. He only had eight points last week. I reckon he'll go off this week. Chris Carson, he's as solid as anyone. You, you get minimum double point, uh, double figures out of him every week. Um, and they've got the Washington football team, which you'd expect the Seahawks to be up, but they've come good lately, as we know in our uh, punting league, don't we, fellas? Hey, hey. A couple mm. of punters of the week there, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it on track. Um, well, another two that he's got lining up in his starting positions, Naheem Hines, who is a very valuable fantasy asset. Um, he's played pretty nicely against Houston um, in history. So he's uh, getting a flex start there. And then David Johnson comes back, um, which is a Papa will get a bit excited about that, but he does draw the juggernaut in the Colts defense. So we'll see how that one goes. But over to the Bayside executioners. He's got Monty. He's riding the hot hand. Monty has come good, finally. Um, he's turned it around and had a monster game last week. And he's going head-to-head with Delvin Cook. Um, and last week, he came up against the Bucks, who number one rushing D or, or close to, and just torched him. So it'll be interesting to see if they still stick with the run or air it out a bit because it was very one-dimensional last week against the Bucks, and it didn't really serve the Vikings too well. James Conner needs something. 
Scoot will be pleading for Connor to give him something. That I think he's averaging, I heard, 1.8 yards or something ridiculous. I don't know how, if that's a recent um, stat or if that's season long. I'd say it's recent, but it's not going to plan for, I believe he was a fourth-round pick for Scoot in the startup mm. draft. Um, and be interesting. He was one. He was ten carries for eighteen yards, which is one point eight. Maybe it was just last week. Last week. Yeah. Um, he had the two weeks off before that. He was a six point eight per carry. But even the three weeks before that, three point one, two point four, two point eight. He's, he's, and they were against good uh, matchups too. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's fair to say that's a very frustrating player to have for what he drafted him for. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's more. I think it's the offensive line. They they seem more willing to pass protect than run block, which is not like the Steelers. So a bit stiff there um, for Scoot. But um, that's how the running back position shapes up in this blockbuster, boys. Keeney. Mm. Mm. I'll take I'll take over. Uh, well, let's have a look at um, we'll go through Scoot first. I think, and I think the main man that's kind of got him there at the minute, um, Devonte Adams, unbelievable year. Um, he's pretty much good for, you know, 20 just about every week. Um, Mm -hmm. Clearly, in that red zone, it just goes to him nonstop. He's scored in every week from week seven onwards. So uh, that would be eight weeks in a row he has put up a touchdown. So unbelievable floor from Devontae Adams and um, obviously a high draft pick. So that's uh, that's what you get from him. I'm just interested in looking down the line with the rest of Scooter's wide receivers this week. Um, we've got Alan Robinson, who's a who's a very good player, and no problem with that against Minnesota. That looks like a nice matchup as well, um, particularly with that Trubisky stack. Mm-hmm. But then we go over to Jacoby Myers, um, currently in his wide receiver position, and I'll also point out Devontae Parker, who who is dealing with a little hammy at the minute as well. Um, so he's touch and go whether he'll play. Obviously, the Golladay one's big for Scooter. Um, and it's been pretty unlucky all year. Hasn't played since week eight. But again, on the flip side, we go to Papa's team and he's the one with Marvin Jones. We touched on it last week, um, how he kind of reaps the benefits um, off the back of that. But before I leave Scooter's team, just a, a slight worry here, the lack of depth that Scooter has on his pine for a 10-3 and three outfit, the Bayside executioners, um, having, to, having to reach into those kind of Jacoby Myers types um, I don't know. This one's got a little bit of a stench about it. Uh, do, do you boys smelling any kind of there's, yeah, there's, there's some interesting uh, choices that Scoot has to make here. I, I, I should say that Jacoby Myers, he's, he's not the worst option. He can uh, take a team on his back and win a game for him in, in any given week. It just happened to be one week. I won't mention which one. Um, oh. But I'm getting a feel that uh, there could be a... a a little bit of a draft darling in David Moore. He uh, he sort of was <laughs> a throwaway Mr. pick at the end there. Mr. Irrelevant. He's put up a 10.4 against the Jets last week. And yes, it's the Jets. But uh, he's come up against uh, some tough defenses like San Fran um, in round eight and put up a 12. So he's got he's got the ability. It would take a ballsy sort of play there. But geez, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a fantastic story if he could take Mr. Irrelevant, put him in the flex and uh, ride him home. Well, uh, speaking of riding home, um, can we just track back to uh, what What was Scoot reaching around into, Kenny? Was it Jacoby Myers tights? Is that what you said? I don't think so. What did I say? <laughs> I think it was Jacoby Myers type, but 
Jeez, just watch watch oh, your yeah. words there. We can get a little oh, little jumpy on this pod. And, and there was no there was no stench about the the team smelling bad. I'm just can sniff a little upset here. The sixth seed, the Road Warriors, Ooh. making his way through. But I'm going to go over to the the sixth seed, Peppers Punishers now. And gee whiz, we talked about Kenny Golliday, Marvin Jones, the beneficiary here, um, and a nice matchup against that terrible Tennessee secondary. He's got actually really nice matchups across the board from a wide receiver point of view. Antonio Brown against Atlanta. We know their secondary isn't their strong suit. Cooper Cup against the Jets. Um, and also, obviously, for Scooter, he'll just be hoping and praying that Kelsey doesn't have a monster because we know what he's capable of. I've, um, I've gone through kind of what he's done this year and against the Saints, whose defense has been good, but I, don't, I just don't think anyone's been able to stop Kelsey this year. So, um, had one, be one game under 10 points, and that was week seven. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable is, and majority are 20 point games. It's ridiculous. And just um, obviously in the super flex, he's going to roll well, at this stage. It'd be nice to know um, what he's going to do. But at this stage, he's going to roll with T.Y. Hilton again. And it's probably hard not to. Um, he's been really solid the last three weeks. But I think the, the biggest talking point from a wide receiver point of view at the moment um, is, is DJ Chark and just how tempted he is with the, the stash coming back into the lineup. We know Gardner Minshew loves throwing at DJ Chark. I just wonder if he's tempted at all to, to slot him in anywhere. Um, if at all, in this lineup. But apart from that, that's, uh, that's what we're dealing with this week, boys. It's an interesting one as well, but uh, another one that you didn't touch on with the Marvin Jones decision there. So the fact that Stafford is looking very unlikely to play, do you... Uh, who is their backup? I couldn't even tell you. Is it Chase? Chase, Chase, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Do you, do you feel confident rolling him out or do you look at someone like Chark? So they're sort of some decisions that he might mm. be faced with. Fair call. Well, speaking of confidence, T.Y. Hilton, he, he's, that's my boy, he says to everyone, and he draws the team that he has made an absolute career on. Killing the Texans. Uh, I would. Well, I don't have the stats on me, but it is. He has. His career is like the 16 touchdowns and 1600 yards in eight, 10 games, 12 games, or something ridiculous <laughs> against the Texans. He owns them, and Papa will confidently roll him out in that super flex, no doubt. Confidently? Now, I know, look, I know you got an 808 text. Last week, but this is setting up beautifully for a 5 a.m. text. This one, it's the 5 a.m. game. You are going to cop a barrage. He does either way. He doesn't give him long. I, I, I think the Colts don't even stroll out on offense, and he's already having a go at him. It's, uh, it's a great relationship, a, a professional one. I'll throw in uh, just one more notable player looking at Papa's bench. Here is he's got Willie Sneed, who uh, mm. the news about Hollywood Brown coming out means that. Uh, with the matchup against Jacksonville, that could be an interesting play as well as the week develops. So um, he's got till Monday to potentially decide if that could be a nice matchup to play. But plenty of decisions to be had. Um, and there's no doubt that Papa could throw in... Uh, a... The one that goes the other way, Murali Duran. Um, that's going to be on the pod next week, Neil, isn't it? Um <laughs> So oh. you just never know, Scoot. Got to look out for that Morley Doolin. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's the gift that keeps wow. on giving. And 
just uh, just thought I might I might just throw a little projection in, Ben. You've you've gone a bit early here. But I've gone early, haven't early. I? Well, you know That's what? Right. The, the music. I've already pressed the button. I'm not taking it back. We can we can outro <laughs> as long as you like, but I will be riding home Papa's punishers this week. I, I think there's a little pathway here for. He is a man that does like to look ahead, and no doubt he is. And I'm with him. I think he could be a sneaky, sneaky chance to take it all out. And I want that because then I lost to the champ. Ben, I think you're going to have to provide some sanity back into the podcast as we close off because I'm tipping an upset special as well. Pappas punishes the sixth seed to take it all the way to the granny. What do you reckon, Ben? Well, you know what I reckon? I reckon he's gone last week with the nobody believes in us mantra. It's paid off for him. Well, guess what, Papa? I'm picking the punishers to also get the job done. You've got the majority. Surely that's going to get inside that head of yours and it's going to absolutely do your head in that all three of us think you're going to get up. But that is my pick as well, boys. It's a puny head, that's for sure. Oh, well, that would be the time I would I would hit the drop. Uh, I just happened to go a little early, uh, don't we all? So, boys, oh boy. we've had one week of playoffs down. We're into the second, the prelims, if you will. Four teams left. Uh, two, what on paper look like pretty nice matchups and very interesting matchups. Hopefully, we get at least one game very similar to. Um, Jake and Maddie Max matchup, which went right down to the wire, and will lead us into our first ever final. Our I don't know. Have we got a name for it? EDL Bowl, EDL Ring Cup. We've probably got to come up with one to be determined. Uh, so, what are your thoughts, boys? What's getting you excited, Kenny? Oh, I'm just excited to to see who the the grand finals will be. I think. Yeah, obviously it's been a bit of a lengthy podcast today, but um, I think the, the remaining four teams have deserved that. So really looking forward to, to see uh, who's going to be in the reckoning. Odd? Oh, well, you say, what What are you excited about? I'm just excited to be back. Part of the trio again. You shafted me last week. Your schedules didn't allow me to come on air and give my thoughts and provide a bit of humour to the pod because you two have none of it. And... Uh, that's really all I have to say. I wish the best of luck to the awesome foursome that are left and may the best man win. Podcast over and out. It's not our fault you prioritise gripping down on your shaft know, over the podcast, say. mate. <laughs> it was a different kind of shafting, wasn't it? A little lob wedge. Oh, a little flop shot. A little floppy. What are you, what are you saying? The humour. No humour. There was no, you, you didn't enjoy a bit of Bobby Broom, yeah. clean sweep. I, I must admit, the, the sound effects and soundboard was doing heaps. <laughs> the real humdinger songs. I, I lost my shit when I found that. <laughs> oh, I probably should stop the outro, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>